Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, I'll be breaking down the Knicks schedule, guys. I'll be talking all about it from opening week to all the holiday games to their in-season tournament. Also, all their national games. We'll talk about Obi Toppin's return to the Garden. And also, I'll talk about Josh Hart, him resigning. Also, Spygate for the NBA concerning the Knicks. And some other news as well around the NBA and the WNBA as well. So, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, so it's your boy GD back with the All Things Basketball podcast with GD. Of course, that's me. And I already gave you the NBA schedule, the full schedule, everything that's going on. But I didn't break down the Knicks specifically, and I wanted to do that in this episode here. And maybe throw in some news at the back end. In any event, let's get into it. So the Knicks... Their opening night is on Wednesday, October 25th, and that's going to be a game versus Boston, 7 o'clock on ESPN. They make their debut on national television, facing the New Look Celtics now that you have, of course, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and also you have Kristaps Porzingis. So, your new-look Celtics there facing the Knicks. Not really new-look Knicks. Just added one piece, pretty much. So, there's that. And then on the road, they make their debut on the road. Two days later, on a Friday, October 27th, where they go to Atlanta to face the Hawks. And that's at 7.30. Not nationally televised, but, of course, on MSG Network. Can't wait to... Watch that to see Bill Pito, Alan Hahn, Monica McNutt, and Wally Serbiak. So, can't wait to see those guys there. And, of course, Mike Breen and Walt Clyde Frazier doing the game. So, that's the opening night and their first game on the road. Let's talk about holiday games, guys. The Knicks have four holiday games, (laughs) believe it or not. They have December 25th, Christmas, which is on ESPN. 12 noon, they face the Milwaukee Bucks. And then on New Year's Day, they play the Minnesota Timberwolves at 3 o'clock. And that's on NBA TV. Follow that up with MLK Day. That's a game versus the Orlando Magic. And it's at 3 o'clock. And on Easter, guys, the Knicks are playing on Easter, March 31st, and they're playing against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that's a 7 o'clock game. The national games, they have 25, guys. This is how it shakes out. 10 on ESPN, so, of course, ESPN, of course, you got a Stephen A. Smith there, of course, he wears his emotion on his sleeves, supposedly about the Knicks. That's a story for another day, but I digress. So they have 10 games. TNT has seven games. Uh, Barkley lately has been taking it easy on the Knicks. I guess he sees the handwriting on the wall that they are moving in the right direction. So 
seven games on TNT, five games on NBA TV, and then three on ABC. So the Knicks get national exposure, guys. That comes with winning. So bring a winning product to the court, you're going to get the exposure. So kudos in that regard. The in-season tournament for the Knicks. So the Knicks are in, I want to say it's the B division in the East. However, they name these divisions. And their games are as follow. On November 3rd, on ESPN, they'll be at Milwaukee, 730, to face the Bucks. That's followed by two weeks later, on November 17th, they're at Washington to face the Wizards at 7 o'clock. Not nationally televised. That's followed by a week later, they take on Miami, and that's on ESPN, 7.30, November 24th. And then November 28th, they face the Charlotte Hornets at Madison Square Garden, 7.30. So that's your four games for the Knicks. So they're in the same division as Milwaukee, Washington, Miami, and Charlotte. Be interesting to see how they do in this tourney. I mean... Pretty much most of these games are very winnable. So can the Knicks maybe do a 3-1, 4-0, heaven forbid? We'll see. It's there for the taking, guys. So we'll see how they play in this tourney. So that is the news as far as the Knicks in the tournament there. Then we have the back-to-backs. Knicks have just 12 back-to-back games, which isn't a bad number, to be honest with you. Then, in terms of their road trips, they have four long road trips. Road trips of four games or more. November 13th through November 20th, they have five games, guys. Those five games on the road, Boston, Atlanta. They have a back-to-back with Washington and the Charlotte Hornets. And then they follow that up with a road game in Minnesota to face the Timberwolves. December 13th, a month later, they go on another five-game road trip. This time they go west. Well, mostly west. Five games, as I said. Utah's the first stop, followed by Phoenix, the L.A. Clippers, of course, the L.A. Lakers, and then the final game of the road trip, they go to Brooklyn. Then you don't have a set of road games like that until March, guys. March 14th through the 21st. Four games on the road. This is the rest of the West trip. Facing Portland, then Sacramento, then Golden State. And then the last leg of the road trip will be against the defending world champions, the Denver Nuggets. So you have that slate. And then in the last month of the season, guys, they have a stretch between April 5th to April 11th. Four games. Two of the games are against familiar opponents. So two games against the Chicago Bulls. One game against Milwaukee. One game against Boston. So it shakes out Chicago, Milwaukee, Chicago, Boston. So that's for four games. So by this time, guys... You would think the Knicks are solidly in the playoffs. It's just a matter of positioning. So a road trip like this this late could make or break where they end up in the standings. So we'll see what happens there. 
and then your long home stands guys they have these are the home stands of four games or more in November actually a little bit after that long road trip they have a long home stand four games from November 24th to the 30th facing Miami Phoenix Charlotte and Detroit then a couple of months later in January Actually, starting that MLK Day, they'll have four games. I mentioned Orlando, Houston, Washington, and Toronto. So, very winnable games here. And then later in the month, actually towards the end of the month, starting January 30th, they have six home games, guys. Six of them. Starting with the Utah Jazz, the Indiana Pacers, the L.A. Lakers, the Memphis Grizzlies, who will have John Morant in the fold there, the Dallas Mavericks, and then the last game of the homestand, Indiana again. So the Indiana Pacers. And speaking of Indiana, Obi Toppin's return to the Garden Thursday, February 1st, when Obi visits Madison Square Garden. So that's his first time coming to the Garden. It'll be interesting, guys, to see how he's received by the Garden faithful. I want to say they're going to give him a warm welcome because this was a guy who was a fan favorite. There were even overtures amongst the faithful that you get rid of Randall and you play Obi Toppin instead. Something that I said a million times won't happen as long as Tom Thibodeau's the coach. And lo and behold, that's how it came to shake out. So, OB will be in Indiana. I'll be interested to see how he does over there and where he is in terms of the rotation. Is he a starter? Is he a bench player getting a lot of minutes? I think all that is waiting to be discovered. But that is his first game at Madison Square Garden, guys. Let's talk about rivalry week for the Knicks. They have two rival games. First one at Brooklyn to face the Brooklyn Nets, 730 on TNT. And that is on January 23rd. And then Saturday, January 27th, they host the Miami Heat, 3 o'clock on ABC. So that is your rivalry games for the Knicks, guys. Before the All-Star break... They face, actually on Valentine's Day, guys, February 14th. They're at Orlando to face the Magic. That's at 7 o'clock. After the All-Star break, their first game back, February 22nd. And they'll be at the Philadelphia 76ers. So that is that bit of business. Their season finale, Sunday, April 14th versus the Chicago Bulls. That's a 1 o'clock game, guys. So that is their last game. Hopefully it's a game that they don't desperately need. So we'll see what happens there. So, guys, that is the Knicks schedule pretty much. Now I wanted to talk about a few happenings with the Knicks. They re-signed Josh Hart to a four-year, $81 million contract extension which will keep him with the Knicks up through 2028. So the Knicks, I said, guys, when I talked about the free agency episode for the Eastern Conference, that 
Josh Hart did the Knicks a solid by opting in at the $12 million player option. He really did the Knicks a solid because that opened the door for them to sign Dante DiVincenzo from the Golden State Warriors. So in that episode, I made note that the Knicks need to take care of Josh Hart for doing that. And they end up doing so with the four-year contract at $81 million. Now people are going to say, oh, it was overpay, it was overpay. Here's another way to think about it, guys. You're basically getting him for really four years at, if my math is correct, I'll be generous, $73 million for four years is what you're really getting him for with a player option because this four-year deal comes with a player option in the fourth year. So you're basically getting him four years, $73 million with a player option. So <laughs> that looks a lot better. But this was the right thing to do, guys. And this is probably what James Harden is railing about over there with the Philadelphia 76ers. If you make a if you make a promise to a player, make sure you fulfill your promise. The Knicks did that with Josh Hart. They did him the solid, like I said, him opting in. I'm sure the Knicks went to him, you know, opt in and we'll take care of you on the back end. He did that, and the Knicks held true to their word. And I tell you something, guys. I said it on social media. Other players see that, and they're like, oh, they really honored what they said to Josh Hart. You don't think other players notice something like that? So kudos to the Knicks. Kudos to Leon Rose and all those guys there in the front office for taking care of Josh Hart. You got to give them credit for this. We'll see what happens, but this only strengthens the unit. When you're a team of your word, it goes a long way throughout the NBA. So let me just say that. And in those, because remember, they got him at the trade deadline. In the 25 games, here's what he did. Over 10 points a game coming off the bench. Seven rebounds, pretty outstanding. 3.6 assists. Nearly a steal and a half per game. He shot at 58.6% from the field, guys. That's very efficient. Nearly 52% from three he shot. Free throws, 67.2. So this is what this guy gave you. And the team played very well down the stretch for them. So I expect more of the same come next year. And you kind of see a glimpse at what him and Brunson is doing over there with the USA team. In terms of the World Cup. I'll talk about the World Cup on another date. They just finished their exhibition play. Went undefeated. So there's that good news in that regard. R.J. Barrett is playing out of his mind for Canada. We're hoping he can bring some of that back with him to the New York Knicks. Uh, Hopefully that play will translate to his team. And also too there's. It's been talked about. The Knicks had to fire someone. Supposedly he was giving away trade secrets, so to speak, to the enemy. The enemy being the Toronto Raptors. So they're calling it the spy gate of the NBA. So we'll see what happens. Of course, you know the league is probably going to investigate this and look into this matter further. If they find any hanky-panky going on, I truly expect a harsh penalty against the Toronto Raptors so to what end that will be we'll see what happens and 
to what end the Knicks will get compensated in that regard. We'll see in as far as that goes. So there's that. But other than that, guys, looks like everything else is good in terms of the Knicks. Of course, you're going to have your trade rumors flying all over the place. Supposedly, they're watching the Joel Embiid situation. Now that Joel Embiid stripped all mention of the Philadelphia 76ers from his social media. You know, that's how we tell things are going south, guys. We go to people's social media. That's the time we're living in, guys. And then, of course, the heart situation. Oh, by the way, the league fined him $10,000 for those remarks he made about Daryl Morey. So there's that. The question now is, by many, did the NBA overdo it? I say no, they didn't overdo it. It was the right thing to do. Of course, people are going to say, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. You can't really say that because I think if he just called him a liar and called it a day, I think he gets no fine. The fact that he followed that up with, I will never play for an organization run by him, that means you're going to violate your contract that you signed. So that's where the penalty comes. That's why the fine was what it was. So, you want to call Daryl Morey a liar? You can call him that up and down. Fine. The fact that you said you will not honor your contract is the bigger matter, guys. Kind of in a similar vein of what happened when the league gave Dame his warning concerning that he will only go and play for Miami. It's sort of the same thing, but if... (laughs) It's funny because if Dame Lowe would come out and call... Let's say the GM over there, Joe Cronin, a liar. And, you know, wherever you send me, I'm not going to play. I think Dame would have got probably fine. But he didn't do that. Good for Dame. Smart of Dame. So the league gave him a warning. And you saw that him and his agent has pretty much zipped up as far as any overtures of that regard. So I guess they took heed to the warning. But James Harden. Of course, the saga just keeps rolling along, guys. The Players Association says they're going to appeal it. So we'll see what happens in terms of their appeal in that regard. So uh, last thing I want to mention before I close out, I was just watching the WNBA. I just watched the Las Vegas Aces beat the Atlanta Dream. The score was 112 to 100. And in that game, Aja Wilson just, she just went crazy, guys. 53 points. She ties Liz Cambridge, her all-time scoring record. Aja Wilson with 53 on 16 of 23 shooting from the field. And she went to the line 21 times, guys. She sank 20. So... I know in my mid-season awards, I thought that Brianna Stewart would get it, but I think age is making a strong case coming down the stretch. And remember, guys, it was just about maybe about a week or so ago that she was being called. Actually, it was a little longer than that, a couple of weeks, that she was called into question after getting blown out by the New York Liberty at the Barclay Center. She had the bad game. They kind of called her out, and she says she doesn't worry about stats. Well, 
tonight. <laughs> she wasn't worried about stats. She just put the ball in the hole, man, and and just destroyed the dream, man. Good gracious. Anyhow, so Aja Wilson, all apologies. I think we need to dust it off and give you another MVP award. I mean, you've just been sensational. It's going to be tough. You got three players that's playing well above their means. Brianna Stewart for the Liberty. Of course, Aja Wilson and Alyssa Thomas. I cannot eliminate her from the conversation with what she's doing. Oh, by the way, she has a chance to break the all-time assist in a season record. And she has eight games to do that. So, Alyssa Thomas, I tell you what, she is maybe the quietest superstar I've seen in some time. I mean, she just goes about her business and gets it done, guys. So, with that said, alright guys, I think I'm going to cut it off here. So, there you have it, the Knicks schedule. And a little bit of NBA news sprinkled in there. I'll talk about what Steph Curry said on Gilbert Arena's podcast. About him being the top point guard. I guess I can mention it now. He was asked about, are you the best point guard ever? He says yes. And he mentions Magic as well. And then I was listening to Give and Go. They were talking about their top five point guards of all time. I'll give you mine since I brought it up. So, my top five point guards of all time, in descending order, of course. Number five, I'm going to go with number five for me in terms of point guards. I will say Gary Payton. I'll say Gary Payton. Gary Payton's number five for me. Number four for me, Oscar Robinson. So, Gary Payton, 5, Oscar Robinson, 4, 3, Isaiah Thomas, I have to put him up there, the quintessential carrier team on your back, kind of point guard. Number 2, I'll say Steph Curry, and then number 1, Magic Johnson. So, so mine are Magic Johnson, Steph Curry, Isaiah Thomas, Oscar Robinson, and Gary Payton. Those are my five. So, all right, guys. And then, of course, honorable mentions. I would have to mention Jason Kidd, of course. I would have to mention Nate Archibald. I would have to mention Russell Westbrook. Those would be my honorable mentions just outside of my top five. So, oh, and John Stockton, of course. How can I forget him? So that's my four honorable mentions. All right, guys, that's it for me. As always, I thank you for listening. All Things Basketball with GD.com. That's the website, YouTube, podcast platforms. I'm on all of them, just about Apple Podcasts as well. Also, social media. You can find me on each social media platform. I'm there. Even Twitter, X, whatever you're calling it these days. I'm somewhere on there. Leave a review, guys. Leave a review on the website. You can do it there. Like my video on YouTube. Comment on it if you like. And then on Apple Podcasts, you can leave reviews there as well. Alright, guys. So, that'll do it for me. Next time you hear from me, I guess I'll be talking about USA Basketball probably talk about the WNBA season coming down to the final stretch and 
yeah, those items. So, all right, guys, that's it. I thank you for listening as always. Oh, I keep forgetting about the Hall of Fame beaches and induction. It was a beautiful ceremony. All the guys, congratulations to all of you that won. Holly Rose, she got the Kirk Gowdy Media Award. Then you had the 1976 Olympic team for the women, for the USA players like Ann Myers Drysdale. And I heard her talking with Holly Rowe about that team. She's such a historian of the game. Ann Myers Drysdale is. I could listen to her talk for days about that sort of stuff. Uh, Nancy Lieberman was on that squad. The late Pat Head at the time, but Pat Summit. The late Lucy Harris and all those ladies there. Also, Becky Hammonds, much props to her getting in as a player, perhaps one day as a coach when all is said and done. Also, speaking of coaches, her mentor, Greg Popovich, of course, of the San Antonio Spurs and the run that he had. Also, one of his players got in as well. Tony Parker, he went into the hall. Paul Gasol went in, Dirk Nowitzki, and Dwayne Wade. So congratulations to all of them making the Hall of Fame. And all the rest that were inducted as well. Alright guys, so that's going to do it. I thank you for listening as always guys, and we'll talk soon. Take care. So my peeps, if you like what you're listening to, you can go to my website www all things basketball with gd.com you can also email me at that sports gd at gmail.com to support this podcast you can go to my paypal and that email is that sports gd at gmail.com also on my anchor page i have a support button there that you can also use to help the podcast I'm on all the major platforms like Anchor, Spreaker Google Podcasts Amazon SoundCloud, YouTube CastBox Radio Public Podchaser just to name a few and also you can find me on social media Facebook, Instagram Twitter, TikTok Clubhouse and fan base so once again i thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and take care and be safe